Welcome to the One Right Church podcast, where we will discuss what it's like to believe that you attend the only right church. My name is Mark Shaw, and I spent the first 45 years of my life in the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City, believing I was in the One Right Church. Our hope is that by simply sharing our story, that we would urge people to look to the Bible for answers instead of their religious traditions. We want to encourage people to trust in Jesus for their salvation and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Well, hey, Scott. Hey, Mark. We're back. Um, I got to thinking about uh, some of the things that made a difference to me when I was thinking about leaving followers. And I remember uh, playing golf with uh, Cindy's uncle and... We were out there, and the church was going through some difficult things. We There was a lot of division and arguing and things like that over mm-hmm. court cases and lawyers and who should pay for it and all kinds of things like this, and should we even be in this position to begin with? And mm-hmm. I remember asking her uncle some questions on the golf course one day, and he had been in the church for I His whole life, 70 probably. years at yeah. that point. Um And he made the statement that this is not the same church that I grew up in. Okay. And so it really got me thinking. You know, I've already told you that I've always had questions about if we think we're the only right church, how do we know, you know, do other churches think that? And how do we know we're right? And all these things. So Mm -hmm. I was thinking if, if we're the only right church and it's not the same church you grew up in, I couldn't reconcile that. I couldn't make sense of it. Is Are we still the only right church? Was it, was it right then or is it right now? Exactly. We How are, do you know? We're right. not even the same church, not to mention we're different than the church across the street, but we're not even the same church that we started as. How, in what ways would he have said that it's different? Yeah, um, so I think, I think part of what he's talking about is the way people were treating each other. I really think that was uh, mostly what he was talking about, but it got me thinking about the structure of the church, like how it was started. Um, Well, I would say even before that, I mean, hold that thought, but just uh, how people treat each other is kind of a fundamental thing that you, if people treat each other well, you don't want that to change, right? So even that is, I think... I mean, don't just pass over sure. that because that's important. Yeah, as far as how the church functions. But anyway, now go yeah. go ahead with your history here yeah. right, or whatever it yeah. was. No, but, we'll, yeah, no, yeah, maybe, maybe we will come back to that. But the um, it, it really got me looking looking at what did the church used to be like mm-hmm. compared to what it's like now. It just sparked something, and I I started looking, and we we don't have a very well documented. It's all people writing down their memories and uh, things like that. We didn't record. Well, I think there's one recorded sermon from Walter that I've heard. Um, okay. None of the rest are really recorded. But I got to looking into it. You can trace it back to the late 1800s, I think, mm-hmm. in like the Midwest around Kansas, Oklahoma. The church made its way because of church split after church split, um, over doctrine or 
uh, leaders disagreeing. Mm-hmm. Then the church moved from Oklahoma to Idaho, and then from Idaho to Oregon City. Um, okay. There's more there's some kind around of, the outskirts, but yeah, California branch or something there, too. There, there was, things, yeah. yeah. One of the one of the early leaders went and started a church in California as well. Um, but really, for me, my whole life history started in Oregon City. It it mm-hmm. really began and ended with Walter White and the church here in Oregon City. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, when you do look at the church history, the, some of the differences, just structurally, the leaders, uh, well, we, we don't have leaders now and haven't okay. since 1986. There hasn't been anyone teaching at the church. Um, but So that would be elders. That was an elder. Right, so yeah. no elders since 86. No elders since 86, no preachers or ministers since 1969. And that would have been Walter. And that would have been Walter. And were there any others? There was, he was the only one in Oregon City, wasn't there, he? No, there was one other. There was, um, there was someone named Ernest Nichols. Okay. Who was, uh, he was also a preacher, but uh, the term they used was that he fell. Um, it, was, it was over lying and... Uh, some other thing. I, I don't know all the details of that because, okay. like I said, the all I know of the history of that, and this is this is just what I was told, was that he was the bad guy, Walter was the good guy. Okay, like it, it was so just again, another, the history goes back to Walter. For it you. does. It yeah. goes back okay. to Walter for me. Um, and so those, when you look back at the way the followers was started, the leaders had, uh, they had spiritual gifts of prophecy, uh, speaking in the unknown tongue, mm-hmm. they called it. Um, we had baptism. Did they, have, did they have a gift of healing, too? They had the gift of healing, too. Okay. Yeah, some, some had the gift of healing. Uh, and I even think that I remember reading that some of the elders that they ordained uh, had the gift of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had, um, they did baptism, the Preachers were the only ones with the authority to baptize, mm-hmm. and it was by the laying on of their hands after baptism that you received the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, and then they did the foot washings. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, so what you're, what, um, what you're saying is that those things that happened in the past or when Cindy's uncle was younger mm-hmm. are, are no longer an option, right? Yeah. Since since Walter died in 1969, there's been none of that that I've just listed there. Okay. So uh, no baptism, no foot washing, no no laying on of hands for the Holy Spirit. Right. Okay. You talked about, you know, and the gift of healing. Uh, okay. No one with the gift of healing. And it, it even eliminated, faith healing was one of the foundational things right. with followers. And and it was based on the scripture in James to call the elders of the church if there are any sick among you, and mm-hmm. they will lay hands on you and and pray over you. But they they can't do that now. They either. don't have any they, elders. They don't have any elders to call. So it's um, I mean they they still pray and they still anoint with oil and they uh, families do that. But if it's not the same as it was. And, it, and it isn't exactly, it isn't what the scripture said. No, Either it's some it's adaptation. So kind of, that's interesting because, uh, I mean, whatever 
you have to think about baptism is an adaptation yeah. because it's not the same as it used to be. Right. And same thing with healing. It's not the same as it used to be, so there's some adaptation now. Right. And an interesting thing with the baptism is I was looking uh, through some of this uh, church history and the things that they had collected, and someone had found an article about the importance of laying on of hands after baptism or mm-hmm. during baptism. And their argument was that this is very important because this is how you receive the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But they haven't done that since 1969. So when you, when you don't have what you started with, whether you agree with that doctrine or not, when you don't have what you started with, they have to start adapting, or we had to start. We had to start adapting mm-hmm. um, and making up, basically making up, um, I don't want to say excuses, but just um, figuring out ways around Adjust- passages. Adjustments, that, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you're figuring out ways around things that used to be foundational doctrines of your church, and you... And we profess to be the one right church, and now we've changed almost every foundational doctrine since it was started. Mm. So were you right then, or are you right now? Exactly. That would be the question, right? I mean, that's, what you're, that's kind of what you're getting at, is like, how, yeah. how do you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's, that really is um, the question where the... Again, the the only answer is to go to God's word. It's to go to the Bible and and see it's and not not going there trying to uh, justify because because which one do you pick to try to justify? That's that's the that's the other thing. That's the thing that I found myself having a problem with because I got pretty good at just finding little verses here or there that made me feel better about my situation, myself, uh, whatever, but. When he made that statement, this isn't the same church that I grew up in. Now, now do I find verses that justify the way the church started, or do I justify the way it is now? It they're not the same. So mm. it's it just it just makes me wonder what it was that that makes us hold on to something like that. Interesting. It's, uh, so it's a. I mean, I think that's a good question. What what is it that makes us hold on to something? That's really a great question. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, I I think for me the the honest answer for me is that life was easy there. It it was, it well, you, was, and you liked it. I mean, I it liked was, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, it was easy. I could. We were left with no authority figures. We were we were left to. To do basically like like you can read in Judges about that every man did what was right in his own eyes because who are you to tell me that I'm wrong? Uh, there's nobody here to say you're not an elder and this. you're not an apostle. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So it just left me in that place of I. This was part of that process where interesting it made it to where I went. Okay, I don't know what's right, I, and that's where I had to get to. I had to just let go of some pride that I had and say, I don't have the answers and I need just praying. I, I need wisdom in it. There's something that's in James. If you lack wisdom to ask, ask for it. it. Mm-hmm. And so I think 
God was merciful in that way um, and, and helped me to see that we can find the answers not looking to any formal leadership or not looking to have something be the way it was before, but looking to Jesus, looking mm-hmm. to the gospel and seeing that that is what saves and not any, not the way the church is now or not the way the church was then, but Jesus doesn't change. And really not <laughs> any, not the way any church yeah. is or was. It yeah. isn't the church that saves you. Yeah. Yeah. And I just know there are people struggling with the same questions. I know I wasn't the only one that, that had some of these questions of, mm. or, or this feeling of if it's, if it's not the same, then what, what am I holding on to? What are we waiting mm. for? Kind of a the change is an inter- is really an interesting question. Yeah, um, because you you know if it's two different things and you're and one of them's right. Yeah, you you really have to you don't know which is right. Yeah, you have to figure it out. Yeah, so if you're you have to ask the question for yeah, sure. You got to yeah. ask the question. Yeah. And I think so. that's probably, you know, I mean, there's, uh, you know, I don't know that you're saying one's right, one's not right. You're just saying ask the question. I, and I think that would be good to ask the question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think so. Well, that, in thinking about this, uh, we always talk about a hymn here. So uh, we used to sing, I used to sing a song there called, uh, Why Do You Wait? And the first verse just says, Why do you wait, dear brother? Oh, why do you tarry so long? Your Savior is waiting to give you a place in his sanctified throng. Um, the, the second verse is the one that I was thinking about that says, What do you hope, dear brother, to gain by a further delay? So I was just thinking about the question that I had and, and this, if, if I've come to the point where I think, okay, this isn't, this isn't a good, this isn't a good situation anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and then I just started thinking about what, there's still so much that you just hang on to. You know, I stayed mm-hmm. there for three years after right. knowing that. And, uh, but it, anyway, mm-hmm. it says, what do you hope, dear brother, to gain by a further delay? There's no one to save you but Jesus. There's no other way but his way. And I just think that's, I think that's the takeaway. I mean, ask that question, but just know that the answer is to do it Jesus' way. Look mm-hmm. to his word. He, he doesn't need to send another man to come and connect you to Jesus. We don't need that. We don't need a mediator between us and Jesus. He, Jesus is that mediator between us and God. So mm-hmm. I just that's just the, thought, the song that I thought of that was just... Uh, it really rung with me that what are you what what are you waiting for? What are you gonna gain by further delay? I love right. that question. Yeah. yeah. Another good question for today. Yeah. Yeah. So thank yeah. you. So that's what I've got. Sounds good. <laughs> Well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.